Hey guys, on today's episode of the John Campy Show, we're going to be talking about a couple of trailers. Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds' new Christmas movie, Spirited, has a new trailer. Avatar 2 put out a brand new trailer. Finally, we're going to do a November movie preview. We got a little game of Password going on. Andor Episode 9 and The Rock. There are reports saying he doesn't like Shazam. All that and a whole bunch more. The John Campy Show starts right now. Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn movie related show on the planet at the John Campus Show. Coming to you from right here on my YouTube channel, brought to you in part by our friends at Mint Mobile. I am, of course, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world movies, movie news, TV, and streaming, all sorts of good stuff. We've got a truly full house today. We've got, of course, Robert Meyer Burnett. Right beside him, we've got Chris Carr. The return of Ray Ora, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Sound the Allen horns. <laughs> Stalking Jonathan in the background there. You've got Taylor sneaking off in the background. Of course, in front of him, uh, all of our bosses. We've got uh, Jonathan Voiko, of course. And then Alumawana is joining us as well. And of course, most importantly, you guys are here. Thank you so much for being here and making this show part of your day. All right, here's how today's gonna show is going to go. We're going to break it down into two parts. In the first half of the show, we're going to talk about some predetermined topics. Then in the second half of the show, we're going to take your live comments and questions. If you've got a thought, theory, question, or opinion that you'd like us to address on the show, near the end of the main topics, I'll announce that we're opening up the Super Chats and we only open it for a few minutes, but that'll be your window to fire in your thought, theory, or question, and we will address those in the last part of the show. Also, a little bit of reminder for you guys that a little bit later at 3 p.m. today, we will be having our Andor Episode 9 open spoiler discussion. Mm. We're going to talk about Andor Episode 9 a little bit here on the show, but we're going to try to keep the spoilers to a minimum. But at 3 p.m. Los Angeles today, full open discussion. Come on back and join us for that then. All right. With that all down, let's get things started off here, shall we? Alou, what are we starting off with today? Today, we're going to start off with the Mint Mobile hotline question of the day. To have your question answered on the show, give us a call at 951-268-4259 and leave your message. So today's Mint Mobile hotline question of the day comes to us from Alan, who's asking about the new movie, Spirited. Hey, John, this is Alan. I just saw the trailer for Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds' new movie, Spirited. I honestly didn't even know this movie was coming out, but this trailer was actually pretty fantastic, I thought. What are your thoughts on it? Thanks, man. Have a nice day. All right, thanks a lot for calling that in, Alan. You know, I, it was a couple of years ago that we heard that Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds, good Canadian kid, was going to be doing like some kind of a Christmas movie together. And then it just, you know, I mean, the pandemic happened, delay, 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 totally forgot about it. And then a little bit ago, uh, one or two images from it kind of surfaced. And then the first little teaser, they put a little teaser for it. And despite the fact that Ryan Reynolds is my favorite movie star and that I have some of his aviation gin on the <laughs> desk and well, hell he owns Mint Mobile, who this segment is sponsored by. I really didn't like the teaser. You guys will recall. Oh, great. So I, you are a real I know so much about it. Wow. Mobile sponsorship. Yes, I'll pack uh, my bags. Yes, yeah, everybody. Yeah, do, uh, does that start, mean I have to give up my shield checks this Start week? filing for unemployment. Yeah, um, I really did not. I did not think the trailer was very good. And and we, I said as much as we were talking about on the show. I was like, okay, well, this looks as generic as whatever. But I said, let's, let's wait till the full trailer comes out. So this full trailer comes out. 
now I should say, obviously, Reynolds is like my favorite movie star. Will Ferrell. I mean, listen, he has, you know, to put in sports terminology, he struggled. He's, he's, he's struggled a bit. He does he isn't actually playing up to his peak performance like he did back in the Talladega Knights, Step Brothers, Anchorman sort of era. But he'll go down for me as one of the funniest guys in movies ever. So instantly, Ryan Rouse, Will Ferrell together, you've got me intrigued. This trailer was significantly better. Even I have to say, because the last one, I didn't so much as, oh, no, I think there was one part in the first teaser that I kind of grinned at, and I thought, well, that was cute. This one gives me a better idea about their approach to the whole thing. There's a definite satire to it. And you've got, honestly, they're not reinventing the wheel here. We've got Will Ferrell being Will Ferrell. And we've got Ryan Reynolds being Ryan Reynolds. But you know what? That's something that works. And so while I'm not going to jump up and down and say this is the greatest trailer in the world, I will at least say this was a significantly more informative, charming, and funny trailer. So I, you can mark me down as being on, I like this trailer. This, now I'm at least a little bit okay. more interested in this. Rob, you saw the new trailer for Spirited. What do you think about it? I got to admit something. You know, I was adopted and raised in a Jewish family. Yes, you were. But I'm a huge fan of Christmas. Don't tell my mom. Uh, no, she doesn't care. But I love Christmas. I love Christmas movies. When I was a kid, I loved the Rankin and Bass Stop Motion. I still sing the song, put one foot in front of the other, and soon you'll be walking out the door from Santa Claus is Coming to Town. The Burger Meister Meister Burger. Did I just go deeper in love with you? What is just, happening? Uh, just talking about, and you know what? I'm also Mr. Heat Miser and... Ooh, I'm Mr. 101. Mr. I'm telling you. So I, I love Christmas movies. I, too, did not think that the trailer was that good. Ooh. I I mean, the teaser was that good. I really liked this trailer. I laughed. I thought it was charming. I loved, you know, the Dickensian. It's Charles Dickens who wrote Christmas Carol, right? Yes. So I love riffs on the Christmas Carol. We, we've, had, we've seen things like Scrooged and things like that. I thought this movie looks... Really good. I also say that I really like like the Kurt Russell uh, Santa Claus movies. Oh, where he's like <laughs> sexy Santa and he sings I, Elvis songs I, and he's progeny. I, I thought those are good too. So I First watched one, this. Pretty good. And I I I gotta say, John, I'm kind of excited about this, and I think it's really brilliant that they've made this as part of the Elf extended uh, universe. Yeah, you know, the Will, ECU as it yeah, is. Yeah, Will Ferrell is clearly he's now the uh, ghost of Christmas present. Promoted. He's playing the same character as he was in Elf, just. In the afterlife now, but I know. Did you catch I'm... Bob Newhart in the uh, in the trailer there? He was just hiding a little back there, it's, little, little elf guy. In the back. Elf. But I really liked this trailer. I thought I thought you know it was funny. I thought it was charming. I liked the cast, and it looks like it's well produced. And what's not to love? And Ryan Reynolds, you know, he's doing Ryan Reynolds. I get it, but I still dig the shtick. Yeah, and, and listen, I honestly think these two during during they during their main thing together, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Chris, you out of all of us, you actually did like the yeah, first I teaser. Yeah, I charming liked it. as heck. So what did you think about... I love this. Okay, I was afraid you were going to hate this one. No, no, not at all. Christmas is my Super Bowl. I love Christmas. Yeah. I love it so much. I have like 30 people over to my apartment and cook for them all Christmas Eve. Um, we call, call it Oliver Twistmas. It's a good time. Oh, my God. Um, it's great. I love this, though. I love all Christmas movies, though, so I knew I was going to be an easy sell for this. But this looks really, really fun and charming. I really love that Octavia Spencer and him are going to fall in love. I think that's precious. Um, if it is the Elf Extended Universe, though, what happened to Zoe? Oh, God. You know what? I, I don't ask questions like that. Oh, man. She's my heart. Maybe she's there's mortal. a post well, She, You know, she's having fun with the property, brother. She's fine. Um, 
But I think this is going to be really, really cute. And plus, it's a musical. Come on. What's not to love about it? Yeah, I look, I, I didn't like the first trailer. This one kind of works for me. Questions yeah. for you guys. Have you seen the first trailer here, the first full trailer for Spirited? If so, what did you think? Maybe you thought it was lame and it wasn't funny at all. <laughs> Maybe you're like us and you thought, you know what? This one actually really worked and looks really charming. Whatever you guys thought about it, jump down to the comment section below and leave those thoughts there. Okay, guys. With that down, we're going to move on now to our main topics here. And how do we select our main topics in the John Campion Show? Well, that's simple. You guys come up with our main topics. See, whenever you come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel we need to cover as a main topic here on The John Campia Show, go anytime, 24-7, over to www.thejohncampiashow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on The John Campia Show. With that down, Baloo. What is our first main topic today? Main topic number one comes to us from Aaron, who says, Hey, John, well, it's November, and on top of Black Panther, there are a lot of other great-looking movies set to come out. I was wondering if you guys could break down what movies are coming that we should look out for and which ones are your most anticipated. Thanks for all you guys do, and bring on the filthy. All right, Aaron, thanks a lot for saying that in. And, uh, you know, Rob and I were sitting around the office after everybody else had gone home yesterday for a bit. It's like, can you believe it's November? No, <laughs> it's it is a little crazy that it is, in fact, uh, November. And here we are. And you know what? You're right. November, we've gone through a big dry spell uh, at the theaters. A couple, a couple of nice little diamonds in the rough that have come out, but not a lot of content, not a lot of stuff lately. Ever since July, we've gone through a few months of a dry spell here. But November is actually looking really good. Like if you're a film fan, November is it looks like one to circle on the calendar because there's a lot of good stuff coming out. Now we're obviously not going to sit here and go through every little limited release indie film that's popping out here and there, but there are a number of films that we should talk about here. So I'm going to run down for you some of the highlights of the movies that are coming out this month. And then myself, Rob and Chris, we're going to break down what for us are the top five most anticipated out of those. So, all right, let's get over and start with this. The first movie I want to bring to your attention here is this little film called Armageddon Time with Anne Hathaway, Jeremy Strong from Succession, and the great Anthony Hopkins. We saw a preview for this at CinemaCon in April, and we were like, whoa, like Jewish kid growing up with as a little kid, his best friend is a black kid, but then he has to go to a different school where all the prejudices and racism comes, come to bear, and now this Jewish kid is struggling with how does he navigate this? And he makes decisions a kid would make. But then his grandfather, Anthony Hopkins, departs wisdom. This is all from the trailer stuff. And Anne Hathaway, who I do not know why, on the list of celebrities who I don't get why they get so much crap, Chris Pratt, Anne Hathaway's on that list too. Because I think she's spectacular. I, I love too. her. But anyway, uh, this little thing looks special. I think it's set during the Reagan era. I think is when the- I think it's like very autobiographical to James, director James Gray's yeah. own story. So I think, so it's a little bit like Fableman's in that. Yeah. So that's called Armageddon Time. That is coming out on November 4th. The next movie for us to look at that's also coming out on November 4th is called Dear Zoe. Now this stars Sadie Sink, who's of course, you guys will know, she's a big star now for- uh, Stranger Things. It also has, if you're a Sons of Anarchy fan, Theo Rossi is in there. Jennifer Capshaw's in this. This is not a fun night out kind of looking movie, but it looks powerful. There's a little bit of My Girl in here, a little bridge, a bit of Bridge Terabithia. Uh, Sadie Sink plays a girl who's got a younger sister 
and a family and the younger sister dies. And I, I guess I take it from the preview that she continues to write notes to her. The younger sister's name is Zoe and she continues to write notes to her. She's, and then her father is Theo Rossi, who's kind of not with the family anymore. So she, they're, they're kind of not in contact and they reconnect. And of course there's the bad boy next door. That's gotta be a part of it too, but it's a little bit of a coming of age thing. So on that, it's appropriate. So I really like Theo Rossi. I'm really curious to see how Sadie Sink does moving forward with a lot of stuff. So I'm looking forward to Dear Zoe. That is on November 4th. All right. Coming out on November 6th, we've got a re-release, if you will. If I can uh, find my, I don't know if I can, I can't find my, uh, nope, that's not it. Oh, well, just take my words. Oh, there it is. We've got Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yes. just talked about that yesterday. A Planes, Trains, and Automobiles re-release for the special 35th anniversary. Now, just to let you guys know, this is not wide. Uh, They're not categorizing this as wide, but it is a Fathom event, so it's probably going to be playing in some theater near you somewhere. Keep your eyes open for this. This is one of the great comedies that constantly, this is like a de facto Thanksgiving sort of movie. People love this to this day. Uh, Again, November 6th, that comes out. All right. Moving on from that, we move into November 11th. And, well, that's the big one. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. What what needs to be said that hasn't been said about this already? Uh, The premiere has already happened. The early reactions of the film are pretty damn great. They're pretty spectacular. Uh, So, yes, November 11th is when we're going to get our first look at Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Next up, we've got another film that they showed us a bunch of when we were at CinemaCon this year. There's been documentaries about this, 13 Lives. This has got, listen, this cast, Viggo Mortensen, Joel Edgerton, Colin Farrell, uh, based on a true story. To me, the, the previews for it looked every bit as riveting and powerful as you would think they would. So this looks great to me. 13 Lives comes out on November 18th. I, I, that was already on streaming and it was already in theaters. Are they re-releasing it for Oscar or was that the, or was that the, um, was that the, uh, b- b- documentary one of it? No, that was that. that yeah. Was the- I was confused about that too. And I think they like, they pulled it or something and now it's back because I saw it. Now it's re-releasing. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. it's so re- it might be the fact it might be now a wide thing. That might be the yeah, thing I about think that's it. That's going wide on this generation too. Yeah. It's a, by the way, I just want to say it's a fantastic film. And it's going wide. Yeah, that's right. I kind of forget sometimes when it's a a smaller release, it'll release New York, Chicago. Right. They do the small limited release thing. They get a word of mouth campaign going. Then they do the big wide release so everybody can see it. It's great, though. All right. The 18th already has 13 lives. It also has Bones and All, the new uh, Timothy Chalamet, Mark Rylance, Academy Award nominated Mark Rylance uh, is in there as well. Who doesn't love a good cannibal love story? Uh, Everyone, John loves a good cannibal love everybody story. Everybody loves Army a, Hammer. Nothing's Army oh, Hammer. Oh boy, definitely loves. Well, who starred in, who, in the director's call previous me by your movie. name with Timothy Chalamet? Yes, he Maybe did. That's where he got the idea from? Could be. He's like this. This actually like, sounds like kidding. A good I was idea. born for this role, and they didn't give it to me. <laughs> so the way it's the movies described, they call it the film follows a cannibal follows cannibalistic lovers, uh, Marin and Lee, as they embark on a road trip across the Reagan era America. So it's another uh, Reagan era sort of thing. So but again, uh, the kid who I think is going to be the next Daniel Day-Lewis, Timothy Chalamet. So that's coming out on the 18th. Now, also coming out on the 18th. So the 18th is pretty big. I am so excited about the menu. Mm-hmm. Anya Taylor-Joy, uh, Nicholas Holt, 
And I believe the best actor in the world right now who does not have an Academy Award currently in Rafe Fiennes. Uh, it's described as a young couple travels to a remote island to eat and an exclusive restaurant where the chef has prepared a lavish menu with some shocking surprises. <laughs> and if you've watched the trailer for it, you know this looks like an absolute must must watch. Anya Taylor-Joy kind of rules the world right now. Uh, I love Nicholas Holt. And of course, Rafe Fiennes, again, I think the greatest actor in the world who does not currently have a, uh, a an Oscar on his mantle. All right. Also on the 18th, we've got another film they showed us a big preview for. She said um, it's Carrie Mulligan, uh, Zoe Kazan, Patricia Clarkson is described as the New York Times reporter Megan Toey. This is a true story, by the way. And Jody Cantor break one of the most important stories in a generation, a story that helped launch the Me Too movement and shattered decades of silence around the subject of sexual assault in Hollywood. I'll tell you what, even the preview they showed us for it was unsettling. It was disturbing and unsettling, and that's those can be powerful experiences when you're watching a movie, so that should be interesting. All right, finally moving off the 18th, and we move now into the 23rd. We have the new Steven Spielberg film, The Fablemans, starring Michelle Williams, uh, Gabriel LaBelle, Paul Dano. I think Seth Rogen's in there somewhere yep. as well. Mm -hmm. This, of course, is basically a veiled biographical film, autobiographical film by Steven Spielberg about his growing up, his family experiences, his mother. The responses for this is that this is a front runner for Best Picture at the Academy Awards. It's won a couple of the major film festivals, including Toronto Film Festival, I believe this one, Toronto, which is a pretty good precursor to the Academy Awards. It looks like this is going to be the film to beat. So Steven Spielberg's Fablements could be your Best Picture winner coming up. It's coming out on November 23rd. Now, here's a strange one. Also coming out on the same day, on November 23rd, is Disney's forgotten film, Strange World. Now, we, we actually talked about this a couple of weeks ago, if you guys remember, that somebody wrote in and said, uh, is it just me or they, they announced Strange World and then they've never said anything about it ever again. I have not seen a single promo, trailer, ad spot, anything for this movie, maybe two months, but it's coming out in like three weeks. It's coming out November 23rd. Uh, so that's got the voices of Gabriel Union, Alan Tudyk, who I absolutely love. Jake Gyllenhaal does one of the voices in it. So the Disney film that Disney seems to want everybody to forget about, but they're still releasing it, Strange World, comes out on November 23rd. All right. Also coming out on November 23rd, this one looks great. Glenn Powell coming off his big hit in uh, Top Gun Maverick. Jonathan Majors, who is, of course, our new Kang. Uh, he's got a little uh, Creed movie coming out there, too. It's called Devotion. We've seen the trailers for this. A pair of U.S. Naver, uh, Navy fighter pilots risk their lives. No, this is not Top Gun 3. A pair of U.S. Navy fighter pilots risk their lives during the Korean War and become some of the Navy's most celebrated wingmen. Yes. So that, this look, the trailers for this look fantastic. Everything about it looks good. So that is Devotion coming out November 23rd. The final film on our list here, it, coming out November 25th, is the new Hugh Jackman film, The Sun, that also stars Vanessa Kirby, uh, another one with Anthony Hopkins, Laura Dern. Uh, Peter has his busy life with his new partner, Beth, and their baby thrown into disarray when his ex-wife, Kate, turns up with their teenage son, Nicholas. Every single major awards Oscars forecaster that I have read, I, I'm not kidding, every single one of them, 
has said Hugh Jackman is an absolute lock for Best Actor nomination for this. Him and Brendan Fraser for Whale. Those are your pretty much two absolute locks. Uh, and maybe even Butler uh, for Elvis. But we've these are your locks for Best uh, Actor. The trailer looks moving and powerful. It's kind of a spiritual sequel and continuation of The Father, uh, which was great, by the way. So, yeah, there you are. So, again, just running it down quickly, Armageddon on the 4th, Dear Zoe also on the 4th, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, the 35th anniversary re-release on November 6th, The Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, November 11th, 13 Lives on November 18th, along with Bones and All and The Menu. And she said, that's a full weekend. All in the same weekend, 13 Lives, Bones and All, The Menu, and She Said. On the 23rd, The Fablemans. Also on the 23rd, Devotion and Strange World. And then on the 25th, The Sun. So for me, my top five most anticipated look something like this. Number one has got to be Black Panther. Uh, that the one to me is is the one. We can bring up my uh, my list there, Jonathan. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever is my number one. Uh, the Fablemans, obviously, I, the greatest filmmaker of all time, Steven Spielberg, basically doing his autobiography. That's my number two. The Menu is my number three. You know, with with my real, real admiration for Timothy Chalamet, you'd think I would have put that number three, but everything about The Menu looks so deliciously good. I've got to have that one on there. Uh, then the Timothy Chalamet, Bones and All go on there. And then Armageddon Time. Uh, this one this one captured my imagination at Khan or at uh, CinemaCon, I should say, and I've loved what I've seen. So for me, those are my top five most anticipated of the month of November. As I said, guys, this month is packed. This month has so much good-looking stuff in it. It's incredibly exciting. Anyway, Rob, you had a chance to take a look at this list. What would you say are your most anticipated? Uh, my list is similar to yours, but a little different. At number five, I have She Said just because I love movies about reporters going after stories, whether it's all the president's men, whether it's spotlight uh, and being that this is literally still going on. Uh, Harvey Weinstein's on trial here in Los Angeles. Um, and I, I, I just think it's going to be great. Bones and all number four, Luca, the director, and I never can pronounce his last name correctly. Also directed things like uh, uh, Suspiria. He did mm. the remake of Suspiria. I really love Timothy Chalamet. So I'm looking forward to this and uh, cannibals. Come on, and I'll, I'll watch <laughs> cannibals, any movie. dinosaurs, and ninjas. And we've been getting some really great cannibal movies like Fresh, Raw, mm. now Bones and All. So it's a subgenre I enjoy. <laughs> um, number three, like you, Armageddon Time. I'm a huge James Gray fan, um, and the subject matter obviously interests me. Look, I, I, give me a movie about people fighting racism. I just it's just, whether it's in the military. Like, I mean, I should have said devotion too, but devotion's not my top five. But I just, I love the idea of children learning how to get along and fighting fighting evil in school. I like that. And James Gray's movies are great. I'm a huge fan yeah. of James Gray. Uh, my uh, number, I guess number three spot. No, number that, three was no, Armageddon Time. Did I, oh, I think I put four on my list. Uh-oh. I added, okay. Well, then I guess I have to go Wakanda Forever is my number two. <laughs> oh okay i just cut out what i just cut out because i actually had five was the menu but whatever so the menu's number one no 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 my number one is the fablemans oh okay yeah and it's look as much uh, steven spielberg like you said uh, he's the goat and i'll tell you something to me like i'm not going to be one of these people that's going to poo-poo comic book movies because you know i love my comic book yes. movies however you know and i can't wait to see wakanda forever i can't but I mean, Steven Spielberg has been a master filmmaker for most of my life. 
And like Stephen King, even if I don't love his books, I've loved his books and they've meant so much to me throughout my life that I will always read a Stephen King novel. By the way, his last novel, Fairy Tale, is really good. Um, and The Fablemans, I mean, my God, Steven Spielberg has been there literally the beginning of my love of cinema, you know, back at Jaws, which I saw in the theaters, Sugarland Express, even Duel. So I got, a, I mean, a movie about his life and how he sees himself and where he came from and his origins. Uh, that's catnip to me, John. So The Fablemans is my number one film. As a matter of fact, it's my number one film of the year, Really? Really? Really. Yeah. That high for you? Yeah, because, I mean, it's a master. Look, if he was filming the phone book, I would watch it, if only just see where he's going to put the camera. All right. So your top five, she said, Bones and All, Armageddon Time, Wakanda Forever at number two, and The Fables number one. By the way, I skipped over one in my reading, and that one I skipped <clears throat> over November 23rd, Glass Onion. Mm-hmm. Oh, I totally forgot. Is one that I was that on? You didn't send this to us. No, I I accidentally skipped over Glass oh. Onion. I just realized I I actually skipped over that one. Glass Onion, of course, is uh, you know I have to relook at my entire <laughs> top five now. So uh, we'll be <laughs> back. After by the way, by the way, <laughs> then I you know what put... I do. Here's here's what I do. Look at my list. Put Glass Onion in number three and bump the menu down to four and Bones and All down to five and Armageddon uh, time gets knocked off my list. So Black Panther is still my number one. Fableman's is number two. Then comes Glass Onion, uh, the menu, and Bones and All. So that's- well, then I'm tying. I'm putting at four <laughs> Bones and All in the menu. Think- <laughs> How about that? Okay. Fair enough. Oh, Tie. <laughs> okay. So now that Chris has a little bit of an advantage here, uh, what uh, what would you say are your top five? Um, number five would be She Said because, I mean, Carrie Mulligan and Zoe Kazan, I think, are just phenomenal, phenomenal actresses. And I'm really yep. excited to see what they do with this ongoing story. Um, number four, I would do a double feature Uh-oh. of The Menu <laughs> and Planes, Trains, and Automobiles Ooh. because I need a palate cleanser. Because it's a free release, I'll allow Thank it. Thank you. Yeah, you end with Planes, Trains. I was going to say, that movie is so quotable. It is. Those aren't pillows. I mean, it's so good. And uh, you guys know I'm not a big horror person, but this is one I'll go see with you, Tay. Oh, yeah. We'll go see it and you just have to hold my hand and I'm going to cry a pretty, lot. Pretty much Steve Martin at the rental company is me every day. It, that is my, that is that my is spirit. very accurate. Oh, oh my wait. gosh. He looks the same as he does in only murders in the building. Oh, absolutely. And it's 35 years yeah. between the yeah, two. Yeah, it does. Steve, Steve Martin's aging real well. Banjo keeps you young. Um, and no, number three, I would do Glass Onion. Very excited about that. Number two would be Black Panther Wakanda Forever for me. Um, we also have the tradition of do, seeing a Marvel movie for Logan's birthday every year. Last year, we went with you guys for Doctor Strange. That's so right. this is our favorite thing to do. Um, and number one for me also is Fablemans. Um, I'm, I'm really excited <laughs> to see a love letter to cinema, especially because around this time of year, particularly uh, for when I'm doing my SAG voting, you know, it's a lot of watching hard to watch films and they're important and they are beautifully done. But I'm excited when we have stories that are those kind of festival darlings, those award darlings that are about joy. And I feel like that movie is going to have so much love and heart in it. And I'm really excited to see that. I think it's going to just make me re-fall in love with Steven Spielberg's work. And it's also going to just kind of reignite my own love for movies. Alou, let me ask you, do you, out of all the movies we listed for November, which one for you is standing out as the one you got to see? Ooh, well, Black Panther 2, that's going to be a cop-out, so I'm not going to say that one, even though that is my first one. But yeah, The Fablemans is really yeah. is really speaking to me, because again, a love letter to cinema, I think that would, after all these 
months of movie talk and 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 people screaming about comic book movies <laughs> positive or negative um i think it'll be f refreshing to just see a love letter to cinema period ray what about you you got one of those uh devotion those baby devotion <laughs> let's go you've been going you've been excited about devotion ever since cinema yep yep i just watched the trailer again right now it still looks the same but change it really um anyway guys the question is for you what do you think about this incredible lineup for November that's coming down the pipe? I mean, again, we've been in a bit of a drought lately, but November's coming in with a huge storm and vengeance. Which one are you guys looking forward to the most? Whatever your thoughts are, jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. All right, guys, with that down, we're going to take a second here and thank one of the sponsors of our show today, one of our original sponsors, the wonderful folks over at Stamps.com. We want to thank a sponsor of today's episode, Stamps.com. Guys, it happens every holiday season. No matter how prepared we think we are for the season, it always turns out we're nowhere near as prepared as we thought we were, especially with our shipping. And right about now, seasonal excitement, or dread as the case may be, is really starting to settle in, especially for small businesses. Slaying through traffic to the post office? Inboxes more like a blizzard than a winter wonderland? Rushing to send cards and gifts to your loyal clients? The good news is it's not too late to get your holiday mailing and shipping under control with Stamps.com. Sign up now and you'll be printing your own postage in minutes. Because Stamps.com is your one-stop shop for all of your shipping and mailing needs. Get access to the United States Postal Service and UPS services that you need to run your business right from your computer. Up to 86% off. So this holiday season, trade late nights for silent nights and get started with Stamps.com today. Sign up with promo code Campia for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter the code Campia. And thank you to our friends at stamps.com for sponsoring this episode of the John Campia Show. All right, guys. It's time for us to play a little game of movie password. That's right, password, but... We're going to do it a little bit differently today because I am not going to give the clues. We actually have two teams that are going to be representing you guys. All right. Team number one is Robert Meyer Burnett and Ray Ora are going to be playing on one team. And on team number two, we have Chris Carr and Alu Moana. So here's what's happening at stake right now is this Loki Funko Pop that all the crew will autograph and send out to you if you are one of our channel members and I name you here. So representing our channel member, Will Bachelor will be Chris and Alou. And Rob and Ray will be representing our channel member, Rampage Predacon. That is who you guys are playing for. All right. I'm thinking of a number between one and ten. Rob, give me a number. Nine. Chris? Three. The number is seven. Rob, you were closest, so you will go first. All right. So here we go. Our first thing. Now, just so you guys know, we will not be putting the word up on the screen so you guys at home can play along. We will put the word up on the screen at the end of the round uh, or once somebody guesses it. So, Rob, your first clue to Ray is worth six points. Go ahead. Ray, <laughs> you ready? <laughs> no. Let's go. Hella. Three. Ragnarok. 
Thor for Ragnarok. six points, Thor Ragnarok. That's what I'm talking about. Right. Right. Ray coming out strong with Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> Bam. Ooh. Right, Ray got it. Ba okay. So uh, Chris and Alu don't even get a turn in round one. All right. Aww. There are going to be eight <laughs> rounds. We now move on to round number two. Chris, your first clue. Go ahead. Oh. Isn't Alu oh, giving me the clue? Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah. that's right. Yeah. Thank you for correcting me. Yes, it's a new game, everybody. <laughs> I was like, what? Now no. we switch sides. Okay. It's Alu, a new game. Alu and Ray will now be okay. giving the clue. So right. for round number two, Alu, what is the clue? Nolan. Inception? Incorrect. Mm. All right, for five points, Ray, your second clue to Rob. Rylance. Ooh. Three, two, one. At times. All right. We go back over to Alu and Chris for four points. Alu, your third clue. War. Three. Oh, two, oh, no. Why can't one. I think of it? Uh, Dunkirk. Oh. Yes. Oh, boy. Oh, okay. oh, Dunkirk is such a good movie, too. I knew it. I just think of words. I was like, I know, what beach are they on? All right. Okay. So, Alu and Chris are back yes. in the fight. We move into round number three, where Chris and Rob will once again be giving the clues. So, who gave the first clue that time? Alu did, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So, Rob, you'll be giving the first clue this time. Your first clue oh, okay. is... Three. Christian. Three. Two. One. Ba no. Ba no, yeah, no. All right. Mm -hmm. We go for five points. Chris, your second clue to Alu is? Bondage. Oh, this is getting even better. Three. Uh, oh, 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 oh. Two. Fifty Shades of Grey? Yeah! <laughs> Points! Fifty Shades of Grey to the girls to get back. Is the I answer. About that. It's my mom's gay movie. You should have gave that. Why did I see that in that theaters? One. So, after three <laughs> rounds, Taylor, year? what's the score? Alright, so Rob and Ray have six points and Chris and Alou have nine points. Okay, so Chris and Alou have shot into the lead. Alright, now Ray and Alou will be giving the clues. We, of course, who just gave the first clue? Rob just did, Me, so right? Alou, okay. you'll be giving the first clue for round number four. And your first clue is? Venom. Oh, oh, um, um, three, two, one. Tom Hardy for six points. Oh, <laughs> for six points. They got Tom Hardy. All right. We move now into round number five. We got to sweep this. Right? What? Okay. Ray, I mean, Rob, you're up first. Your first clue for round number five. Lost. Ooh, I like that. Three, two, one, time. All right. Chris, for five points, your second clue to Alu. Indy? Three. Uh, Harrison Ford? Incorrect. <laughs> for four points, Rob, your third clue to Ray. Come on, guys, you can catch up. Nazis. Indiana Jones. Incorrect. All right. For three oh, points, I don't know. we go over to Chris. <laughs> for three points, your next clue is 
historic. Raiders of the Lost Ark. We will take Lost Ark of the Covenant. Okay. Yes, yeah. for three points. Oh, Wait a minute. Yeah. No, but technically, Rob, That's, you, you, you it's said not the, the title of a movie. You can't say that. that <laughs> true, but, that, but if you she also, just said uh lost ark that would have been but that's but the clue is ark of the covenant yes the, just so you the know movie we have that not, on the movie oh, raiders okay. of the lost ark is not the same thing as the ark of the covenant oh yeah hang on hang on let me just say this because then it, that makes sense because rob would have been disqualified because he said lost oh, so how true. could that you be know the what answer? that's true so we'll, just um, do a, we'll go nullify it. No yeah, points for anybody. You know, well, this is a new type of game yep, still. You know, we're, we're, working out we're the still figuring it out. Before we go to broadcast. Okay, you're right. Raiders of the Lost Ark is a movie title. The yep, Ark you're right. of the Covenant is not that. You're but right. What is, just, it, but that's not a movie, right? Ark of the Covenant. No, no, it's no, a thing. That it's was the thing they're looking for. The thing we're looking for was Ark of the Covenant. All right. Well, in that case, no extra points. So what's the current score, Taylor? All right. So Chris and Alou have 15 and Rob and have six. Okay, still 15 to six, but there's still enough points on the board for them to catch we up. Gotta get these two. Okay, so who just gave the first clue on that? Uh -oh. I did. Okay, so Alu, we go over to you okay. for round number six. Your first clue. Galifianakis. The Hangover? For six points. That's it. For six <laughs> points. Yes. No, it's not the Ark of the Covenant. It is, in fact. <laughs> That's what they're looking still, for, though. Yeah, there, you go, there, you there go. it is. It's <laughs> the Hangover is the answer. All right. Rob. What does that yeah. make the score? That it's, makes Chris and Alou have enough points to drink. 21 yeah. points. Aww, Two. And Rob and Ray, I'm sorry, only we six only points. We only got that first one, Rob. Well, that means Chris and Alou win. Yeah. But you know what? We will do the final two questions okay. just to see how much of an ass whooping this really oh, is. Oh, yeah. No, let's do a double right. or nothing. Double or nothing. We go over Rob. You're going to be the first one up to give Still a clue. Win. No, I think it's Ray's giving me a clue. All right, finally. Or who just gave the first clue? Because this is question six, well, Lou gave right? one to me, but Ray hasn't no, done any. No, yes, we just seven. did question six. Now we're so doing seven. seven. Oh, final question then, okay. No, two no, more questions. we have eight. We have, yeah, there are eight in total. Oh, okay. All right, so your first clue to Ray for round seven is? Scarer. Ooh. Excuse me? I know what this Scarer. Is. Scream. Incorrect. <laughs> Rob's like All right, Chris. Kid. We're right here. You already your, know. Already your second it. clue <laughs> is? Scarer. Wazowski. Monsters Inc. For five points. Yeah. Chris and Alou. You, you still want to keep playing? Yeah. What All right. Do you know, if you said Wazowski, I, for who's I know. I know. I, I, I thought Scarer was a pretty good yeah. clue. I, I thought that was a that's, clue. that's way too wide of a thing for me. I mean, Scarer. Well, that's, that's what they're trying to become. Right. Yeah. All right. Scarer. We move now. into the final round now. That was a good one. We got so, who just gave the first clue? Uh, we did. So then I think this is Ray finally yeah, right. asking finally. one. Ray. All right. Ray, you're up first for, triple for round ready. eight <laughs> for triple points. What is your first clue? Presley. Elvis. For six ah, points. Yeah. So our final score right. is what Chris is the table? ended up with 26 points and Robin Ray. Not bad. 12 points. All right, that was a good practice. Now let's play. Really <laughs> play. So the winner of Rob. our round here and winning a Loki autographed Loki Funko Pop is Will, Will Bachelor. Congratulations, Yay. Will. You win it. Uh, Ray will get in touch with you uh, uh, through the uh, community tab there. Don't worry, And Rob. we'll make arrangements for you to get <laughs> it's your It's going to be pop. me and you this whole yeah, time. Uh, by the way, guys, let us know what you think about the team uh, password and let us know about us not putting up the password until, the, uh, until people answer it. Maybe you guys 
guys want it on the screen. Maybe you don't. Make sure you guys let me know for next time because it's a new way we're doing things. All right, guys. <laughs> With that all down, let's move on to main topic number two here, shall we? Alou, what is our second main topic today? Main topic number two comes to us from Matt, who says... Wow, no action, but Andor Episode 9 is intense every single second that it's sometimes hard to even breathe. We find out how truly evil this labor camp really is. I can't wait for the last arc, and I love how every second reinforces how evil and Nazi-like the Empire is, like George Lucas wanted them to be made out to be. And Nazi-like the Empire is like George Lucas wanted... Oh, it's just a... Yeah. I... Listen... I, it's the same thing. It's kind of like House of the Dragon with Andor. Every week, I keep waiting for a week episode. I, I just keep waiting for one of the episodes a week. Now, 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 maybe they did have one, which I think the weakest episode for Andor has been episode one. But that's part of the reason why they released mm -hmm. the first couple together, the first three together, right? So you got you went right through the first one for just all set up. Then you got into the meat of it, and it felt great. But they have not taken their foot off the gas since. We left off last week with Andor in prison. So, okay, there you go. You're in prison now, starting of a new arc. And you know what? I love the way you just put that in your message. No action and nonstop thrilling. There is no action, but it never ceases to be thrilling. Every scene, you're holding your breath as every movement and word is uttered. And I just continue to be absent. You know, it does remind me a lot of House of the Dragon because a lot, most of House of the Dragon also... No action, nothing going on, but constantly thrilling. Uh, something that I kind of wish Rings of Power was. But it just completely delivered on that. And everything from the prison stuff all the way to the stuff with Mon Mothma. There's a revelation made. Uh, there's a character revelation made. It's just absolutely phenomenal. I loved this episode. And it's setting up kind of the conclusion to this little mini arc next week which again is going to be incredible. So I have absolutely loved it. Cannot wait for us to talk about this in a full open spoiler discussion a little bit later today at three. Anyway, Rob, you saw this episode. What did you think of it? Dude, I mean, this show never ceases to actually, you know, it's funny when I say it blows my mind, what really blows my mind is how it's taken Star Wars into a totally different realm. I mean, it is no, I don't think I can think of Star Wars it the same way i never thought that would happen this episode man there are things in it even quiet moments like the senators turning off their lights when mon yeah. mothma was speaking and just like giving like giving up that like, i don't want to listen to this chick then you've got ilsa she Wolf Jeff, of the, yeah, don't go too much into it but all yeah. right but then you've got ilsa she wolf <laughs> of the ss this character she's becoming her show i mean my God, does it show that women are just as capable of becoming evil fascists as anybody else? And I am Glass so there for it. Broken. I mean, she, her performance, she is so fearsome. She's easily becoming one of the great, scary imperial officers we've ever seen. And I, I'm so there for it. But, but I'll tell you something. <clears throat> the thing that really, um, they are not shying away from the horror of what the empire can do to people. Right. Whether it's torture. I mean, they're, we find out that they're straight up running concentration camps. I mean, I, I, I'm just blown away. I, yeah, I, without going into details, when we first arrive at that prison, 
other than the welcome they got given by the warden with the instant little shocks. Okay, so behave yourself and you avoid this. It didn't look like, oh, as far as prisons go, this doesn't look half bad. But then you get more into it. Oh, and you're like, oh my God, and, and it's bad. We found out that it doesn't matter. I mean, it's it's the most horrific, take whatever dystopian sci-fi or or World War II war film. I mean, you, this, is, this is horrific. I The thing that most shocks me, the thing that most shocks me is that Disney allowed this to get made. Yeah, I cannot believe how how adult, how bleak, how scary, and how uh, uh, just engaging this is. I mean, for all of the things that people have talked about about since Disney took over Star Wars, this alone, in my mind, makes it worthwhile. And the fact that it leads up to Rogue One just makes Rogue One. I I really hope that they. They make a director's cut of Rogue One to end this, like when it's over mm. in two next at the end of two years. Give me, put everything, put put that Tie Fighter scene and whatever they cut out of Rogue One when they said this movie's too dark. You know we have to reshoot it and make it. Put it all back in and give us a three hour presentation of Rogue One because man, this series, I, I I'm blown away. Chris, you had a chance to watch uh, mm-hmm. Andor episode nine. What did you think of it? Ooh, this is an intense episode. This is great. And you see so many Imperial tactics that are unnerving in this oh, one, yeah. which is really, really great. I mean, just the way they will, you know, kind of nonchalantly talk about how they're going to approach certain things is bone chilling. Um, Andy Serkis is incredible. incredible. Yeah, oh. like last week I thought, okay, that's nice. They slid Andy Serkis in there. Okay, that was cool. But no, in this episode, you're like, Ooh. oh, my God, he's so good. It's, it's it's one of those moments of, oh, this is why we have someone of this caliber. Okay. Right. All right. I see you. Um, really, really, really great stuff there. You know, um, all of our, I don't, I don't want to spoil anything, so I don't want to even say who else is in this episode, but I, who, really, really good stuff. This was, this was on the edge of my seat kind of episode stuff. But who knew that this was a Supreme Leader Snoke origin story? Exactly. It's, it's crazy. Man. From the prisons of the Imperial cells to Supreme Leader yeah. of the first. Anyway, I, I thought it looked incredible. Guys, what did you think about the new a- episode of Andor? Uh, it, whatever you thought, leave it below, but make sure you also come back and join us at three o'clock when we can talk about it in a more open format. Hope to see you guys there. So what are your thoughts on it? Jump down to the comment section below. And leave those thoughts there. All right, guys. With that down, let's take a second here and thank another one of our sponsors here today, the great folks at Wondery and their new official Rings of Power podcast. Guys, we want to thank one of the sponsors of this episode, Wondery and their official Lord of the Rings Rings of Power podcast. Your hosts, Felicia Day, and several special guests provide an inside look at the groundbreaking series and what it took to bring Middle-earth to life. Each of the episodes of the official podcast features exclusive interviews with the series showrunners, J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay, including the very first full breakdown of the incredible season finale. Felicia also goes behind the scenes with the cast and crew to bring you jaw-dropping stories and Easter eggs you won't want to miss. So watch The Rings of Power on Prime Video and listen to all eight episodes of the official The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power podcast for free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app now. And thank you to the folks at Wondery for sponsoring this episode of The John Campia Show. Okay, guys, with that down, let's get on to main topic number three. Alu, what is our third main topic today? Main topic number three comes to us from Tristan Ortiz, who says... 
I'll have to admit, the hype around Avatar 2 before the first teaser revealed earlier this year was neither here nor there for me. I just didn't think I'd care to return to Pandora after all these years, but holy moly, never underestimate James Cameron. The teaser trailer for Avatar 2 had my curiosity. The official trailer that dropped this morning has my attention. What did you think of the official trailer for the long-awaited Avatar The Way of Water? All right, Tristan, thanks a lot for sending that in. And... Yeah, people have been waiting. People have been asking a lot lately about where's the second trailer for Avatar. I mean, the first one came out. Well, I mean, we saw the first trailer in April. So ages ago that we saw this thing. And then it got out public not long after that. And people have seen that first little teaser. Where's the first full trailer? Because we're closing in on two months. Less than two months now till this movie comes out. Well, this morning, I believe it was on Good Morning America. They dropped the new trailer. All right, I got a couple of thoughts on it. One is... As a trailer, I don't know that I loved it. It, I mean, look, let, let me preface that by saying this. It's gorgeous. Like, absolutely jaw-droppingly, stunningly beautiful. Like, I was watching the trailer first on my computer, and then I'm like, this is so beautiful. I stopped it, and I went into my theater room, and I loaded up the projector, and I had to watch it on full 4K, all everything. And it was absolutely stunning. The world, the, the 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 creature animation, the the characters themselves, the world that they inhabit, it was so tangible. I felt like I could reach out and like touch that world. It was insanely beautiful. However, the gorgeousness of it aside, and the fact that I am very excited to watch this movie, and I think the movie will be great because nobody should be in the doubting James Cameron business. And I don't. I believe this movie is going to be great. But going by my normal rules of a trailer, I don't really feel like I know anything more about this movie than I did when they announced the movie. Okay, we're going back to Pandora. Yeah, we, we knew we were doing that. It's it's 10 years later. Well, yeah, yeah they, they told us that before. They've got kids. Okay, yeah, yeah, we knew. Other than showing up in another tribe and saying, don't bring your war here, I don't know anything more about this movie. It, Put it simple, I don't know what this movie's about. We're now two trailers in. We're less than two months away from this movie. I still don't know what it's about. So the main guiding rule for trailer is to take your excitement level and bump it up. And I will say, while the trailer is gorgeous, and I'm already excited to see the movie, and I believe it'll be great, this trailer did not make me more excited for the movie. I expected it to look gorgeous. I expected the visuals to be jaw-droppingly stunning. I wanted to see something else about the story that was going to get me excited about going back there. And I don't think this trailer delivered that, despite the fact that it's absolutely beautiful. Anyway, Chris, you had a chance to see the new trailer for Avatar. What did you think of it? I mean, it's a visual feast. Yeah, it's it really, really beautiful. But to your point, yeah, we're not getting any really big plot points revealed in this. You know, we see a whole bunch of uh, these like folks in tactical gear now. And we know that Lang's character, right, is now in one of these bodies as well as one of the Navi. So there's obviously going to be some continuing conflict there. But we're, we're just not getting specifics now. I have said this about the past before with like Disney trailers and things like that, like what Marvel's done. A lot of times they give us way too much in the trailer. They tell us too many things. Then I go to the movie and go, yeah, I already saw all of this. I know exactly what's happening. So I don't mind that they didn't give me too much of the narrative moving forward. I just would have liked maybe maybe a little more dialogue just to let me know what some of this conflict is. Just a, a, a line or two. Because um, right now it does feel like we're banking too much on how pretty this is and the success of the first one. 
And while I do think you should bet on James Cameron, I do think this trailer is just kind of anticipating you already want to see it regardless. Now, and I think you got to win a few people over on this. I can already hear in the back of my head, the people screaming out, well, John, do you want them to give away the whole movie of the yeah. trailer? Oh, yeah, 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 because if somebody says they'd like a light massage on the back, you're saying, what, you want me to hit you in the back with a sledgehammer? There are not two extremes. There's a happy middle ground. Mm -hmm. I do not want them to give away the whole movie in the trailer. I just want you to tell me what the movie's about. That, that's, I just, I just want to know what, what it's about. You watch a trailer for, for Beverly Hills Cop, you've got an idea what this is about. You watch the trailer for for anything. It tell it just gives you a basic idea what's about. I don't want plot points spoiled. I don't want anything like that. I just tell me what the movie's about. That was the big problem with Blade Runner twenty forty nine and why nobody went to go see that movie. The trailers just they did what this trailer did. They just assumed that well everybody's going to come because the name Blade Runner is on it and it looks so pretty and we don't need to tell them anything else. Well, guess what? The audience said, well then we're staying home. And they didn't go out to support the movie. And that's a shame because the movie was great, but they literally never gave you the slightest hint about what the movie was about. So people are like, well, why will I spend my money on this? A lot of people are going to spend their money on Avatar oh, yeah, too. They are. I'm going to be one of them, but I thought they could have done a better job. I think with this for trailer. the naysayers though, who are like, it's just Fern Gully. I think we needed a little bit more. Anyway, Rob, you had a chance to see this. Trailer. I know you've been very excited about this film, but what do you think about the trailer? I, I saw it a little differently than you guys. Um, as you know, James Cameron produced Steven Soderbergh's remake of Solaris. Solaris is a movie, and it's a, based on Stanislaw Lem's novel, about humanity going to this alien planet. And the revelation at the end of that movie is the planet that they're visiting is actually alive. It's actually a creature. The whole, the whole it has an intellect. It seems clear to me that one of the revelations of this movie, when Sigourney Weaver, when their daughter lays down on the ground and she says, I can hear, you know, I can hear everything. It's mm -hmm. bum, bum, you hear the heartbeat. Pandora itself is alive. It's a, it's an entity and it's not their God, Iowa. And the reason that she can talk to this or communicate with this entity is because she's a product of two worlds. Mm -hmm. She's the essence of Sigourney Weaver reborn through the power of Iowa, whatever, who's, the creature into this this body and i think that so it's going to be an interesting first contact story this total speculation on my right. part total speculation and if that's the case you know he's leaning into gaia theory and the idea that our planet is an entity and that all facets of our ecology and everything is something that uh, it's just going to be really interesting to see how all that plays out if i'm wrong i'm wrong but that's what when I was watching this trailer, I, I was like, oh, and he's leaning into only because I have read that novel and I'm a big fan of both versions of that movie. And I'm like, I get it. I get where he's. And that's a pretty big deal. So I I at the end of the movie, I was kind of like I had my sense of wonder, not just because it was beautiful. But because I'm like, oh, he's leaning into some really interesting sci fi concepts. See, you 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 saw Solaris. I saw. What was the exact name of it? Final Fantasy Spirits Within? Right. Was that, was that the name of the animated yep. movie they did? Yep. Where they did the whole Gaia theory and yep. all that kind of stuff. I, and I kind of picked up on that. Still, all that did to me was tell me you have this character. It, it didn't actually tell me, well, what what about it? What's, what's going on? What's the point? What are they trying to do? What are they running from? What are they running towards? 
I just, I wish they just gave us a little bit more of that because again, I, I don't want them giving away everything. Right. Just let me know what it's about. You, anyway. You know what the problem I'm having with the trailer is and what I've seen so far is it was I too think, long. No, no, no. That no. That, it's it's because I think I think I'm expecting so much inv- so much ad- advancement of visuals. Yeah. That it feels like there's there's really no upgrade it's just a you know what i mean like because it's taken so long for the sequel to come out i was expecting something to blow my mind or whatever but i still haven't seen it yet yeah but to be fair you're not seeing it in 3D, yeah right 3D. right right yeah and, and it's also the underwater scenes that are the ones that are like the most innovative and this trailer mm-hmm. didn't show as much yeah. of the underwater stuff but also when you look at some of the wide environment shots and then if you go like so i, I you know you go back and you look at the original avatar the detailing and the resolution oh, and all right. it, you you can see the difference there is really one can. shot in this trailer where there's fire in the background and the guy is peeking his head above the water oh yeah yeah that think, shot looks yeah. great mm-hmm. i was like whoa but then other shots where the guy tackles the other dude the other avatar i'm like that's like a video game like a a playstation it'll be neat to see how it plays on a big screen right. in that sort of sense mm-hmm. i i i'm left even though we're only probably about seven weeks away from this movie coming out i gotta believe there's gonna be a third trailer i've got i mean i'm not gonna yeah, i'm not I gonna mean, bet <laughs> eggs eggs with ketchup with ray on it but i i think there's gotta be another trailer i think to speak to what you guys were saying i think it's absolutely true that this is still relying on the wonder like look i felt something at the end when they're playing the the avatar theme over the the title card mm-hmm. but like you said there's still no indication beyond the obvious that there's a conflict between humanity and the Navi. There's no story here. It's a three-hour movie. And there's a conflict and, within the Navi too, right? Two opposing right. sides. I mean, and, and, so we know that, but that's the very basic, those are very, very basic plot elements. What's the actual story? I don't know. And did he do 3D on this? Is oh, he concentrating? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I'm going to be able to see it in 3D. Rob. 3D, right? I'm, I can't wait. Mm-hmm. I, I will can't not be, wait. I will not be watching it in 3D. 3D IMAX, baby. You, Rob, baby. So, All right, guys, wait. question is for you. What do you think about the new Avatar trailer? I'm excited for this movie. I think it's going to be great, but I, I'd be lying if I told you that I actually enjoyed the trailer all that much, even though it is gorgeous. Maybe you loved it. Maybe you thought it was perfect. Maybe you thought it was terrible. Whatever you guys think about it, jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number four, shall we? Alu, what is our fourth and final main topic today? Main topic number four comes to us from Darren Robinson, who says, Hi, John. Darren here. New fan, by the way. Love your podcast. Thank you, Darren. But I was reading this article about The Rock's dislike for the Shazam movie and how Shazam is his comic book rival, but isn't even mentioned in the Black Adam movie. So will a Black Adam and Shazam movie happen? All right. Thanks a lot for sending that in. Yeah, there have, there's, again, some headlines running around this morning. I saw a whole bunch of people on social media talking about The Rock hates Shazam. Rock hates Shazam. He has a, and the, the quote going around, and we'll get into the source of the quote here in a second. Like, the Rock has a disdain for Shazam. He, he hates it. He's going to try to keep himself. He, he wants to keep Black Adam completely separate from Shazam. Doesn't want to have anything to do with Shazam. All this kind of stuff is running around. And it's all coming off of one interpreted quote from one interpreted quote this comes from the folks over at the rap who's talking about a source uh, talking about dwayne johnson and the removal of a scene from shazam where it's they noted the history of black adam's leading star doing his best to separate his anti-hero from zachary levi's own project 
In fact, Shazam, a movie produced by the new DCEU boss, Peter Safran, who's of course partners with James Gunn, even had a scene in it that directly alluded to Teth Adam. That was, of course, the post credit scene where they're sitting around on the thrones that they deleted. However, producers Danny and Hiram Garcia, along with Dwayne Johnson, asked the studio to move the antihero away from his comic book rival. An insider claimed Saffron needs to win over all the other filmmakers, and Dwayne Johnson's thinly veiled disdain for Shazam means he probably isn't loving the idea that his boss, Peter Saffron, is now the guy who produces Shazam. Saffron is pretty diplomatic, so I think he will pull it, put a, pull it off, but it won't be easy. Okay. So the first thing that we need to point out here with all these, this is the quote that everybody's running now with saying, Dwayne Johnson hates Shazam and, and all this kind of stuff. It's based on this. Let's look at this carefully. Bring up the quote one more time there, Jonathan, if you don't mind. The, the, it is, first of all, it's an insider claimed that Saffron needs to win over all the other filmmakers. Dwayne Johnson's thinly veiled disdain for Shazam. So what this is basically is somebody who is not Dwayne Johnson he ne he's not saying Dwayne Johnson said he doesn't like Shazam. No, it's an interpretive statement. He goes, you know, you can kind of tell he doesn't like Shazam. Okay, so there's no actual quote. Dwayne Johnson never said that he has disdain for, for Shazam, that he doesn't like Shazam, and he wants nothing to do with Shazam. And he proves it. Because you're asking, well, this sounds like he wants to keep himself totally, wants nothing to do with Shazam. Well, no, that's not true. Because just one week earlier, and Jonathan, if you want to go over to the NDI here, just one week earlier, or maybe two weeks earlier, Dwayne The Rock Johnson was talking about how he's building up to a crossover with Shazam, right? So if you want to understand exactly like how much he actually likes Shazam, he is he talks about it and he says this. He says, um, it was just a, a mosh of just put them both together because they're both connected. So that's when I said... You can't do it like this. We have to respect Shazam and his origin story. That has to be its own movie. Respect Black Adam. This has to be his own movie. Build them up, and then you can do this. And then he goes on to say in the article, after the afterwards, the interviewer shared the hopes for a crossover between Black Adam and Shazam, and Johnson promised, oh, they're going to happen. So this notion <laughs> that Dwayne Johnson wants to keep Shazam away, wants nothing to do Shazam, he has a disdain for Shazam, blah, blah. It's completely undermined by the fact mm -hmm. he's come out and said, oh, we're building up to it. We are doing that. So why did Dwayne Johnson want that Black Adam-focused post-credit scene in Shazam removed? Why is Shazam not mentioned in the Black Adam movie? Well, I think it's pretty clear, and he makes it pretty obvious here. He didn't want Black Adam just to be seen as a side character of Shazam. And to be honest... He's not wrong. That is how, if you had leaned into that, the way most people would probably look at Shazam is like, oh, he's the side character. He's the B-level character of the Shazam-verse, as it will. So he simply said, let's keep them as separate as possible while we get both of them introduced into this world, and then we start bringing them together. Black Adam has to be seen, in Dwayne Johnson's eyes, as his own man, his own character. He is not a side character to anybody. Maybe he's treated that way in the comics sometimes, but that's not the way we're going to treat him in the movies. And so he said, yeah, take out that one reference. By the way, there is another Black Adam reference right in the Shazam movie that's there. Oh, yeah. With the little sand thing and the telling of the story of his vengeance and all that kind of stuff. So that's still there. 
But yeah, Dwayne Johnson makes it pretty clear in his own words. He's got, we got to respect the origins of both. We've got to give them their both own unique origin stories. And the crossover is going to happen. That's what Dwayne Johnson directly said. Anyway, Rob, you see this report, you read these comments. What's your takeaway? Well, it just, it's, it gets, sometimes it gets annoying because you see that people just want to say things that are negative without, and, and that's what bothers me. I don't mind if people do analysis and say things that are negative, but when something, this is clearly this story, the way it was couched is incorrect. You know, and I think how you just explained it is exactly what, if you read anything, if you read up, Dwayne Johnson flat out said it, and he was right. Like you just said, he wasn't wrong. He was, no, he was right, because Black Adam is a secondary character. And, you know, if you're Dwayne The Rock Johnson and you were announced 15 years ago as making a Black Adam movie and Shazam beat you to the punch, what are you going to say? Hey, why don't we downplay that, let Black Adam be its own thing, build up a rivalry, I mean, this comes right out of the wrestling playbook. You don't want someone to yeah. be seen. I mean, I, I'm like, of course, Dwayne The Rock Johnson would have said this. In terms of asking somebody, hey, you want to build up a rivalry between two people? You give them equal, you know, equal weight in terms of the uh, in terms of the general public, so they can anticipate that fight. You know, you and I think that's great. I mean, his strategy is great. He's doing the same thing with Superman. You know, but with Superman. Obviously, Superman is Superman. Superman already is established. But in cinema, cinematic terms, Shazam wasn't established, nor was Black Adam. I think it's a smart strategy. And Dwayne is a smart businessman. Yes, he is. And I think I think he's exactly right. And nowhere did he say that he didn't like Shazam. Right. I mean, the one again, I'm not I'm not refuting their inside source. I'm not I'm not refuting No, it. neither am I. But even the inside source, their words were clearly interpretive. It's like, oh, you he, did he say he wasn't feeling good today? No, I could just tell he wasn't feeling. I mean, it was an yeah. interpretive statement. And look, most people cannot give you a dissertation. Most people probably didn't even know that Black Adam is from, I mean, the Captain Marvel character was from a different company, Fawcett. Mm -hmm. It wasn't even a DC character. And DC purchased the rights to these characters and the whole Marvel family in this entire universe. And it was, Captain Marvel was, the big, the big red cheese. It was, it was yeah. that, so that was all the way back. Most people don't know that. Mm -hmm. So they, they're in their own minds. They're, they're adding to their own interpretation of something. It is incorrect. Chris, uh, you heard all the quotes, the mm -hmm. headlines, the stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, what's your takeaway from this? I mean, it really just seems like he wanted to have his own flagship film. And there's nothing wrong with that, because if you do introduce him in that way, right, then it becomes that kind of villain of the week situation where it's, right, the, yeah. well, is this our next one and done villain that Shazam will go up against? Is this somebody we're going to see them battling throughout the DCEU? How is this going to happen? And to Rob's point, yeah, you hype up two individuals and then you have them go head ahead. There's usually a better, uh, better payoff there. And and you could correct me if I'm wrong here in the, his original and in comic interpretations, too. He was like one and done and then didn't yes. come back for like 30 years. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like that's what would have happened before is if you had that debut, it would have been the, yep, and that was our movie with Black Adam. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah, the general audience probably would have looked at it and said, oh, so Black Adam is lesser than. Exactly. Yes. He, he's, he's lesser you know? than. Or you'd have he, to Shazam's try to. the main guy. Black Adam is lesser than. You'd have to try to Loki-fy him, you know, mm. of then making it this, you know, charming anti-hero who you're trying to build up and have this other kind of interpretation of him. And that's not who Black Adam is, right? So while, while definitely an anti-hero, it's not going to be this like trickster that we're all like, oh, cute. We like him. <laughs> we want to have him be a real threat. And he yes. needs to be the powerful entity he is in the DCAU. All right. Now, I also read some people saying, well, Shazam 2 better have a Black Adam reference. Well, 
remember the Black Adam, the events of Black Adam take place over the course of what, like a day and a half. I mean, it's 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 a pretty short window. So to, so it doesn't necessarily. Billy may not know anything about this whole thing. So maybe there will be a reference in it. Maybe there won't. I think that there will be because you've got these other ancient and evil entities in the movie. I don't know how they're going to play it all in, but I think, I mean, I could even see them summoning Black Adam because they, Billy doesn't know about Black Adam, but they would. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Well, it all depends on time, time like Because I, at this point, with all the moving around, I can't even remember which movie was theoretically yeah. supposed to come out first. I mean, I think the Black Adam one was theoretically supposed to come out in 2015. So whatever. And the fact that they shot the Superman scene late, I'm sure that was also a time when they could be like, yeah, maybe we should do something for Shazam too. Put it all together. Lead up to whatever the announcement that James Gunn's going to make like he did on Twitter with that thing. All right, guys, the question is for you. What do you think about this? Uh, maybe you buy into that. Maybe you think that one insider source has nailed it and that Dwayne Johnson hates Shazam. Although one thing I should point out, at CinemaCon a couple of years ago, Dwayne Johnson's out there on stage. The first image he put up was that one of those comic images of Black Adam fighting Shazam and Superman. I, it just, that was just one of the very first images he ever posted. So something else to keep in mind. Anyway, how do you guys interpret this whole thing? Whatever your view on it is, jump down to the comment section below and leave those thoughts there. All right. Uh, I did get a message here, a text message. Uh, Ryan Reynolds says, now that we've liked the second trailer for Spirited, they will continue to be sponsors. So oh, thank you, Ryan. <laughs> and uh, to our friends, we want to give a big thank you to Mint Mobile for being a sponsor of our show. Guys, we want to take a second to thank the sponsor of this video, Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just 15 bucks a month. And now for the plot twist. I'm just kidding. There isn't one. Mint Mobile just has premium wireless from 15 bucks a month. There's no trapping you into a two-year contract or opening the bill to find all these crazy fees. There's no luring you in with free subscriptions to streaming services that you'll forget to cancel and be charged full price for. With my old wireless provider, every month when I opened the bill, it was like playing roulette. I never knew how big the bill was going to be and it always seemed to get bigger. With Mint Mobile it's totally different. I know exactly how little I'm paying every month and there's never any surprises. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate whether you're buying for one or a family. And at Mint Mobile, families start at just two lines. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And guys, you get to use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. So transferring over couldn't be easier. So to get premium wireless from just 15 bucks a month and no unexpected plot twists, go to mintmobile.com slash campia. That's mintmobile.com slash campia. You'll make your wallet very happy at mintmobile.com slash campia. And thank you to our friends at Mint Mobile for being a sponsor of the John Campia Show. Remember, guys, when you support our sponsors, you're actually supporting us. So go on down to the description of this video, and right at the top, you'll see links to our sponsors and the promo codes. And guys, again, I can't speak highly enough about Mint Mobile. I made the switch over. I am paying less than a third, less than a third of what I was paying with my former service provider. The service has been great. I love them. Go, guys, and check out Mint Mobile. Okay. With that, we are uh, trying to stall for time because a few people ran to the bathroom during the break. <laughs> well, Rob's back now, but you know what? Whatever. We'll jump into our yeah. super chats that you guys have been sending in. Chris, you want to read the, the yeah. first super chat or two until Lou gets back? Sure. There There's a Lou. <laughs> <laughs> 
What do we got in our super chats right now? All right, we've got some support from Michael Douglas. Thank you so much. Jacob Hirsch, I saw bones and all. I don't mind gore, but I thought it was hard to watch. Walked out halfway. Also kind of boring. Oh. But, but you know what? I'm, I'm not shocked because those types of films, they... They draw a more stark line between those who will enjoy, who will enjoy it and have that experience with it versus those who are just like, this is just odd and weird, and I'm not comfortable watching this. And there's nothing wrong with that reaction to it, like, at all. That is what it is. But, um, yeah, again, I haven't seen it yet, but hopefully I will soon. All right, what's next? <laughs> From Sam Fisher, my mom tested positive for COVID two uh, days after I started a new job, and they sent me home. It's not her fault, but it's annoying. If I miss uh, W at Wakanda Forever, I swear. Oh, uh, Sam. Well, I hope your mom gets better. I think that's the more important thing here. Uh, yeah, I mean, yes. <laughs> yeah. The movie's still going to be around, my dude. Son, right, just put her on the garage. Quarantine her. Son, I need... Mom, quiet. I'm talking. She's like, man, if I miss Wakanda Forever. Tell you what, I had not a terribly different... Ex- okay, this is bad. I had not a terribly worse different experience than that the other night because... Ray texts me and says, ah, oh, my mom's mom's not my mother-in-law. Mom's not feeling good. She's having a hard time getting up. She's got a fever, stuff like that. So me and Anna were like, well, let's go over and check on mom. Let, let's take some, you know, some vitamins, some zinc over, some vitamins, let's go check on her. And it wasn't until we got there that Anna was like, what if she's got COVID? And I'm like, well, damn, because she's older, right? I'm a little bit worried about that. But then my thought went to... For fuck's sakes, Ray's already missed a week and a half of work. If if he is now living with someone with COVID and he's got to stay home for two weeks, that's is that a request? <laughs> make that happen. You look so fresh faced though, Ray. You look like a new man. Yeah, you can't leave work. Well, it's all that dish soap. soap. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm so like yeah, but no. Has anyway. Best wishes to your mom, dude. I hope for a speedy recovery. All right. What's next? Hi. Oh yeah, who's back now? <laughs> All right, Al Rancho says, can't be a coincidence that Avatar 2 trailer debuts tomorrow, debuts now. I expect to see it attached to Black Panther 2. Yeah, of, of that I have no doubt. See, that's that's this is the exact situation when people say, do you think this trailer will launch with whatever movie? I'm like, they don't launch trailers with movies anymore. Like maybe Christopher Nolan does one out of every hundred movies, but they launch them online and then they attach it. But yes, I fully expect that when we go in to see this Disney movie, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, that Disney will attach the upcoming other biggest Disney movie of the year, Avatar 2, no doubt. Does Black Panther open, they've been opening Marvel movies in foreign markets like the week before they open domestically. Does Black Panther, does Wakanda Forever open You know, open Taylor, can you look up the international week? release yeah, I think, dates? I think I looked this up last week and I think it was a few countries got it like 24, 48 hours before us, but I'm looking right, right so not like a full week, but probably a couple of places might get a day or two before yeah, I was, we do. Yeah, I'm just curious, I didn't know. That's why they, you know, did launch the trailers. Yep. All right, what's next? Bond Presents says, one of the many things I love about Andor is that it reminds me of Timothy Zahn's novels. Mm. He has many novels outside of his Thrawn trilogy, which focuses on non-Force users in espionage thrillers. He really does. And by the way, I I know we're talking about other than the Zahn things, but when they were able to get him back to write the new Thrawn novels, like that was actually a real treat. I... Now, the new Thrawn novels weren't masterpieces. Like, they're not as good as, say, his original Thrawn trilogy. But they're... Listen, a lot of the new Star Wars novels that came out in recent years were poor. There are a couple of really, really good ones. And I would consider the Thrawn ones amongst the good ones. Those are actually pretty good. So I I, I love that he's back doing his thing. I agree. But I, I agree with your assessment of the Thrawn books. Oh, yeah. All right, what's next? 
James Argenta says, where do you think Walter Hamada will land? I read on Twitter that he was the one who suggested Billy's mom abandon him instead of being dead. Um, well, I'm sure there's a million things that were his uh, little details like that. I, listen, of course, I don't know. The nice thing about being Walter Hamada is that, A, you've got enough money that you don't have to rush into anything. It's not He's not living paycheck to paycheck. So he's going to take a lot of time to think about it. He's going to evaluate where he's at, field the best offer. I still think you're going to see a produced by credit with Walter Hamada's name on an MCU movie in the next couple of years. Obviously, none of the ones coming out in the next two to three years, but I actually think he's going to do some producing for Marvel. I, I really do. Rob, I know you thought that as well for a while. Do you still think that? Yeah, I mean, he look, he's a very valuable asset, and he probably will. I, I don't know so much about Marvel, although that's the obvious place he would go. But I'm sure that he's going to wind up with some deal someplace because he's too valuable. There aren't many people that have his pedigree that are out there, especially with his experience. So I would, plus, he's a very smart guy. Yeah. I mean, he was one of the highlights to me of the first fandom hearing him speak. All right. What's next? Suthia says the different Navi tribes go to war for the love and affection of the celestial sleeping within Pandora. <laughs> I, I don't get it. The crossover event we need. Yeah, it's 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 mm-hmm. it's, it's Marvel meets Avatar. Yeah, mm-hmm. I you know bring up that. Let me read that question again. Bring bring that up again. What is it? The different Navi tribes go to war for the love and affection of the celestial sleeping within Pandora. Oh, okay, I get that we're going. That went right over my head at first. Mm-hmm. All right, what's next? That happens. Jedediah Elias says, Wreck-It Ralph came out 10 years ago today. What? what? Love video game references and story for Ralph. Really speaks to me years later. Sequel is underrated too. Hell yeah, it is. I love Wreck-It Ralph. So good. It, it's, it's charming and heartwarming. Like near the end when he's trying to put the car together and all, it might like your heart. Like it's just, <laughs> it's so good. I can't believe it's 10 years. You know what that reminds me of? We're going to be re- reintroduced. I know we tried to reintroduce it before and it only lasts a week or two, but we're going to try to get Rewind back as a weekly segment on the show to talk about the film celebrating their 10th and 20th anniversaries. But I love, and you're right, Wreck It Ralph the sequel is underrated. It's not as good as the first one, I don't think, but it is underrated. Do you have a favorite out of the Wreck It Ralph films? Man, I was just thinking we were talking about sequels yesterday. I. I mean, I may be biased because it had the Disney princesses in it, but I think I like the second one a little better. The first one had a better story for sure, but the second one was just so much more fun and charming. Mm-hmm. All right. What's next? Sin Vendetta says, hey, Rob, over the weekend, I picked up two new 4K Blu-rays, The Secrets of Dumbledore, Steelbook, and The Army of Darkness, which is like four different versions of the movie included. It's Ooh. awesome. We had this yeah, question. We, I don't know if he sent it again, Sin, but. Yeah, we definitely answered this one on open mic, I we, believe. Yeah, we did answer that yesterday on open oh, mic. Maybe he didn't hear it answered and decided to send it again. Oh, you know uh-huh. what? Maybe was it a member chat, Rob? And then maybe he just sent it as support. Yes. So it thank might you. Have been, it might have been and a also member chat. check the member chats in if that was true. Either way, because... I will say the both great titles, the Army of Darkness Steelbook has all the different versions of Army of Darkness that have been released over the years, including a bonus disc. It's awesome. The artwork on it's awesome. And of course, when you stay through the credits of Army of Darkness, you can see my name. Look out for me, kids. <laughs> All right, what's next? South Texas Shark says, sadly, Stargirl will not be renewed for a season four. Hopefully it will be picked up by HBO, but I don't have high hopes. I really love the show. I, you know what? This is one of those things where it's like, it's there for people who like it. And I love that it's there for people who like it. Mm-hmm. I tried to get on, I tried twice to get on board of Stargirl just 
did not click for me. I, I get it. Well, John, you're not exactly the target audience. Well, I know that, but if something's really good, it, you don't have to be the target audience. And just for me, quite frankly, I, I found it kind of flat. I, 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 it just didn't work for me, but that's fine. Like there, I know a number of people who actually quite enjoy it. And I love that it's there for people to enjoy, but it wasn't exactly a ratings monster. No. Um, and in the current thing of it's like, Hey, if you don't work, we're going to clear you away to make room for something else that might work. So I'm not surprised to hear if you didn't hear a star girl got, got canceled, but did either of you guys watch star girl? I did. I thought it was cute. Um, but it also, I, it had some really actually like big stakes in it, which was cool to see, but it did feel a little high schooly Riverdale at times for me. Luke Wilson's watched, adorable in it. Yeah, yeah, I only watched first episode only because yeah. I, I like those characters mm -hmm. and I want to see where it was going to go. Yeah. But well, I got kind of excited with the first episode. So all of a sudden, I had no idea Joel McHale was going to pop mm -hmm. up. So Joel McHale, mm -hmm. Luke Wilson is in there. Who played the mom? Who played the mom? Oh, uh, Amy Smart. Smart? Yes. Yeah. I love Amy Smart. Yeah, Just I, Friends I've is a Amy Christmas Smart. watch for me all the time. She's amazing. I love her. So I was really kind of enthusiastic during the first like quarter of the first episode. And then I, as I plowed through a couple of episodes, I'm like, mm, just, oh, well. But hey, others did like it. And that's important. Hey, at least you got a couple of seasons out of it. That's more than some shows get. So mm -hmm. that's awesome. All right. What's next? Quality not included, says standard episode, John. Rob, what do you think? Rob, I agree. John, Chris, Chris, ooh, LOL, love you guys. <laughs> I have no idea is what that, that means. Is that my noise most of the time? Ooh, okay. okay. <laughs> well, Was that an assessment of what we say on this show? <laughs> What's next? <laughs> Calvin Severo Panjo says, hey, John, yesterday Variety announced that Heartstopper star John Locke was announced in Agatha, Coven of Chaos. The article says the character is gay with a sense of humor, so... Odds of it being Wiccan, Billy Maximoff, Children's Crusade in the future? Well, th there's a couple things. One, it never said what, they have never did say, I don't believe in the article, what his character will be in the show. I think there was some speculation in there. I might not be remembering it correctly. Let me just throw that out there, but there's that. So yeah, the instant, I've never watched this show. I don't know this kid from a bug on the wall. I, I have no idea who they are, to be honest with you. That said, there's, being some assumptions that are getting made right now because of who and what the character, the, the actor has played before, that this could be Wiccan and all this kind of stuff. I mean, you could. However, in this world, Wanda has no kids. They, remember, these kids aren't real. Uh, so I, they, that's a pretty big obstacle they have to get over for something that's not even a Wanda show. It's Agatha. So I'm I'm going to go with I doubt that it's Wiccan because Wanda doesn't actually have kids in six months. They, they're not real. They were figments of her imagination that she manifested into being in her little dome bubble and then they disappeared. So I'm going to guess no, but it's not. Hey, listen, it wouldn't be the craziest thing that Marvel has done. Do you think he's going to end up being Wiccan? I think probably only because who else would it be? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, given anybody and, like the well, millions well, here's, of potential here's characters. The thing. Here's what I'm thinking that, cause she really did in the comics. She really did conjure using this magic. She wasn't supposed to be using anyway. So I'm thinking that maybe Agatha Harkness manifests them and makes them real. Maybe to manipulate her somehow. So something because, even Wanda wasn't able to do something. Well, I think, I think she was able to do it 
They went away, but what Agatha's doing is snatching them back, and she didn't know she could. I'd st- they're going to come up with something. All right. I think. But you think it will be wicked? I think, yeah, but then you have to have speed, too. Right. I don't know how. I mean, not speed, too. <laughs> you need a cruise ship. Yeah, I, I don't need that. I mean, you know what I mean? Uh, but, yeah, I, th- I think it only because, look, when they said that, they cast a teenager. I'm like, who else is it going to be? But you're right. There's Any other no kid in the neighborhood. There's no one saying that it has to be that way. But what better way to manipulate Wanda Maximoff than manifesting her well, children remember, again? Th- th- this world thinks Wanda Maximoff is dead at this right. point, too. But so. Agatha probably knows she's not. Well, we'll see. All right. Chris, what do you think? I'm with Rob. It's wicked. All right. And I don't think it will be. Although yeah. although it is very possible. I'm mm-hmm. not saying, yeah, ah, it's on zero. No, no, no. It's pop, but I don't think they're going to do that. All right. What's next? Now, Chris, Just, you have to say, ooh. Ooh, I think it's wicked. <laughs> Just somehow bring back Evan Peters. I don't care mm-hmm. if it goes against the plot. All right. <laughs> Zelda Master 702 says, okay, Ray, what happened? <laughs> uh, well, we don't have time for yeah. Ray to go into a full thing. <laughs> I'm but- back, though. He's back. Yep. Had a little problem with one yeah, with, you know, with uh, a foot. Yeah. But well, he's back. a documentary being made about it. A full documentary. <laughs> I think Peter Jackson, that's why he hasn't been making real movies. Real movies. Like documentaries aren't real movies. That's why he hasn't been making narrative mm-hmm. movies. All right. What's yeah. next? Sam Fisher says, I am loving Deidre. I know I shouldn't, but I do. Oh, we're talking about the character in uh, Andor. And- Gosh, it's it's be- kind of becoming her show. She went from this really interesting side character that would just kind of come in and out when ISB was being covered to like, no, 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 no. This is, this is, this is kind of Andor's and her show. That's what's turning Is that the into. blonde lady? Yeah. 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 And how, someone's real horny for her in this episode. Boy, how uncomfortable <laughs> was that scene? And we won't go into details. Yeah. We won't go into details. That dude is losing it. Was it Rob? <laughs> She's not, She's a, not redhead. a redhead. She wasn't yeah. running from the stormtrooper, so no. Yeah. Chris, I thought you were going to say someone in this room, <laughs> not in this episode. I was like, did you? <laughs> no, but you know what? I will say this. It's like great, great femme fatales are tough to do. Mm. She's a fantastic and the way she played that scene was insane. You just watch everything going on on her face. But again, we, we won't go into details. Mm-hmm. All right, what's next? Amen says, as Dom would say, Avatar 2 is all about family. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you heard the comment from James Cameron the other day talking about why his movies are better than Marvel movies because in my movies, when somebody becomes a parent, they know they can't be a hero. <laughs> okay, James, whatever. But yes, it is all about family. Oh, in this God one. said that? <laughs> yeah, he pretty much did. All right, what's next? Oh, boy. CJ Rebirth says, happy 10 years to Wreck-It Ralph, one of my most fave Disney movies and also robbed of an Oscar by Brave. Agreed. Yeah, listen, Brave is a movie that I think ages very well. Like, I, I go, I've gone back and watched Brave a couple more times, and I like it a little bit more every time I see it. It's actually quite good, and I think it's a little bit underrated. Redhead. But. <laughs> Child. Uh, <laughs> yeah. She's going to grow up. She's going to grow up. She's animated, too, so come on. But she's going to grow up. John. She is the pedophile's pledge of allegiance. <laughs> As Chris passes away. <laughs> I mean, I'd meet her when she's older. We know. Uh, we know. You know. We're good. <laughs> but she's going to grow up. Brave okay. too. Game of Thrones, that's all. 
I think the important thing is here, we were talking about a make-believe fake animated character. Yeah, that's, not real. That shirt's got to be up on the... <laughs> that shirt! With Rob's, like, outline. <laughs> There's that moment uh, when yeah. you think something sounded okay in your head, and then you said it out loud. <laughs> okay. Let's move on. Here, I have to defend myself. I'm like, I didn't mean it that way. Okay, what's next? Al Rencha says, oh devotion looks good. If it wasn't for Top Gun Maverick, I don't know how much I would be interested in this. I mean, look, it, it is kind of funny that also we're seeing Powell as another naval fighter pilot, different era and all that kind of stuff. So uh, interesting casting. But in the preview they showed us at CinemaCon, I mean, him and Majors have actually really good on-screen really chemistry, chemistry together. Uh, like, they play off each other very, very well from the stuff that we saw. So I think, while, yeah, going into it, obviously, if you're a Top Gun Maverick fan, you're going to be thinking, hey, it's, it's Hangman. There he is. It's Hangman. But I have a feeling, like, 30 seconds into it, when you see his performance on screen, it's going to be, nope, this is a totally different movie, totally different yeah. guy. And uh, I think it's going to be great. Plus, I also think it's a period of time. It's really interesting that it deals with the Korean War. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which I think is really, I mean, from a historical perspective, I'm interested to see how they deal with that. Because I'm unfamiliar with the, the uh, not, not as familiar with the air war in, in, in North in Korea. All right. What's next? Chef Rigo. Chef Rigo. Welcome back, Ray. Free lobster for Ray. On me. <laughs> Free lobster. We still got. We do got to do another Shogun uh, trip here pretty soon. Hey, I'm getting man. hungry for, from Shogun. We'll talk about that WrestleMania too. Mm -hmm. Oh, we'll talk about that later. All right. All right what's next? Luis Enrique, Enrique de la Peña says, "Great to see you back, Ray. You were missed. By the way, did you get that nurse's phone number?" I, I told them that you liked your nurse. Did I like my nurse? <laughs> yeah, sure. Seemed like was you it liked a, your at nurse. Least a, a lady nurse? Yes, <laughs> it, it, okay. it was indeed. Because at uh, the time, I didn't know what was going on. I was asleep. <laughs> I love well, that there, you're open-minded like that, though, bud. You're like, what am I hitting on? There wow. were two of them. There was the Filipino girl, and then there was the tattooed girl. Do you remember? Come on. Wait, did you actually come to see me? <laughs> I was there like no, three no, no, days. No no. no, no, no. They're very nice there. They, uh, my, yeah. All right. Nice. What's next? YIY says, what are you guys' thoughts on Omega Red being the rival of dp3 deadpool 3 he had leaked concept art in deadpool 2 and rivals logan deadpool in the comics will they have one well i don't know how you do omega right because they'll do it like, like a colossus right like the way he looks at least well that's they're they're brothers are they not omega red and colossus are brothers are they not i believe they are yeah oh so i mean but his power i mean it depends look it depends how you want to die because omega red he's he is an omega level mutant um, so I don't, I don't know that you bring him into Deadpool. He's a cool character. Yeah. But then again, you could do him in Deadpool, just have him be different than he is in the yeah. comics. A lot of ponytail jokes to be made. <laughs> there, there are many, many ponytail jokes to me. Absolutely. All right. What's next? Seconds from Disaster says, House of the Dragon was my introduction to Game of Thrones and mm -hmm. I loved it. So last night I started watching Game of Thrones for the first time. Four episodes into season one and I hate the Lannisters. Mm -hmm. And well, yeah. you will keep hating them. Yeah, you're not going to get over on. that. Some of them. Hold on tight. Well, yeah, most of them. Yeah, That's most of them. Too. <laughs> you're going to, yeah, you'll, you'll, like, uh, you'll like somebody uh, in there. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, what we talked about that is House of the Dragon was going on. It's like, 
you know, we just assume everybody's seen Game of Thrones. There are a lot of people who are not. And do, you know, somebody wrote in once and asked, do we think they have to go back and watch Game of Thrones first? And we were about four or five episodes into House of the Rise. Like, you know what? I don't think you have to watch Game of Thrones first. I think this is a great introduction. I think you can go from this to Game of Thrones. And uh, that's, you've just proved it. So well done. All right. What's next? Chef White says the new God of War trailer has Ben Stiller in full Kratos outfit giving parenting advice to John Travolta and LeBron. It's hilarious. You need to see it. We watched it yesterday. (laughs) Four minutes long. And it's glorious. It is really glorious. I have not seen this. Oh, you did? Oh, that's right. You were here yesterday when we were watching that. Incredible. We'll watch it after the show's done. It's it's really funny. A La Breakthrough is going to be my new favorite (laughs) saying. Um, that that was really good. Ben Stiller rule. It's just funny because that that story came out the day after we were talking about him maybe doing a dodgeball too, <laughs> and then just seeing him in this trailer just really makes me want a dodgeball too. All right, what's next? Sam Fisher says, I too got the sense from the Avatar 2 trailer that they were setting up the daughter as some sort of messiah. I hope she's not a main character. Why do we hope she's not a main character? That's Sigourney Weaver. Not is it? She's the yeah, daughter. She's the daughter in it. Oh, I didn't realize she yeah. I thought she was one of the other characters. No, mm-hmm. she's the daughter. Yeah. And that's her playing the character. Yep. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I did, need to watch I this did not notice that. Yeah. I gotta go back and I <laughs> watch a trailer through a totally that different. That smile that shot of her in the water. Yeah. And how's the sound? Mighty. I do like I like I don't know why. The word mighty is not used enough. I like the word mighty. All right. Mighty. What's next? Xander says, I have friends who are confused about when Andor takes place. Should Lucasfilm include some sort of intro that indicates when a Star Wars series takes place? I think they did in episode one. Did, was there not a five years uh, BBY? I did, think there is. Yeah. Yeah, there is. So, I mean, that that gives you an indication right there. But I don't think they need to put that in at the beginning of every episode. But, I mean, I don't know. It's been a bit... <laughs> It'd be funny if they did. Yeah. <laughs> now, well, like, this one is four update. years, eight months, and five days before the Battle of Yavin. Like the end of Star Blazers. You have. Oh, God. They're they now, now 127 days to save the Earth. Um, I, so, yeah, but I, I think it's. I might not be remembering that correctly, but I thought that was kind of labeled in the, the beginning of the show. I, it is. Yeah. Because uh, I, remember, I, I remember thinking, wow, that's cool. All right. What's next? Mm-hmm. Luis Enrique de la Peña says, today is the Day of the Dead in Mexico. If you could mm. interview or talk to a person who passed away, who would it be? Martin Luther King. Oh, that's good. Cool. Like, baby. I, did, I had to do a lot of, when I was in uh, seminary, we had to do a lot of Martin Luther King reading, actually. And that's when he kind of became a theological kind of hero of mine at any rate. Uh, so, yeah, that would be mine. But th- that would explain a lot because we went to the hockey games in both Anaheim and L.A. this past weekend. And it, that was their theme. All weekend. It was really great. They had like the cheerleaders all with the makeup and everything. Oh, too. It cool. was really, really fun. It was really, really fun. All right. What's next? Seconds from Disaster says, I honestly hope there's never a Red Hulk. I agree with John on the overabundance of Hulk characters. Let him be General Ross. That's compelling enough. Agreed. Yeah. I Again, to me, it's the commodification of Hulk. Now everything's a Hulk. Uh, there's nothing special about Hulk anymore because there's literally four of them now if you bring Red Hulk into but it. But this one's red. But this one's red. Totally different. <laughs> and if you want to count Abomination, there's five of them kind of running around. Um, but I don't know, man. The fan servicey side of Kevin Feige might cave and say, you know, we haven't done yet. Red Hulk. You know, you know, one of the problems of phase four has been too much new. It's just been too much new. 
it, it's it's almost there have been times that the MCU like through phases one, two, and three, you never felt this, but there have been times in phase four that it's like this that I don't I almost don't recognize the MCU right now because it's so unfamiliar. And we just keep going through this rapid succession. Mm -hmm. Yes, they threw in a Black Widow movie, but that was a prequel. Uh, yes, we've had Thor Ragnarok and, and Doctor Strange's Multiverse of Madness, but like almost everything else has been new, 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 new. And it's it reminds me, phase four reminds me a little bit of the Transformers animated movie. <laughs> it's like, hey kids, the movie opens. Here's all your favorite Transformers. Fuck you, we're gonna kill them all. Here's Rodimus Prime. What the fuck is a Rodimus Prime? Doesn't matter. You like <laughs> Optimus Prime? Here's Ultra Magnus. Why is he a truck too? Just like Optimus. Never mind, you love it. Like I... So that's what kind of reminds me of a little bit. But I have loved a lot of the new characters, Ms. Marvel, Shang-Chi. I, I, I like the Eternals. I've liked a lot of it, but it's just they they really didn't balance it well mm -hmm. with the familiar and the new. It, they went way far into the new. And I think maybe that's been a little, not alienating, but it's it's created a little bit of cognizant dissonance, I think. It's just with, expanding too rapidly. Yeah, maybe a little bit too fast. I don't know. All right, what's next? Emin says, need to see the Avatar trailer in 3D. I will mm. say, as great as it looked visually for me, a couple of the characters had that uncanny look to them. You know, and that's the thing with, it's still a truth today. It's not as much as it was like six or seven years ago, but it is still a truth today that, remember, a lot of these visual effects are created and rendered and done in certain ways that they will look the way they're supposed to look on a projected big screen. Right. And and sometimes they, we've all had experience right, where we've seen a shot in a trailer, it's like, well, that visual effect didn't look all that good, but then you see it in a movie theater, like, oh, that's how it's supposed to look. So I still think there's a little bit of that, but I think you're right too. A lot of this was probably shot exclusively with 3D in mind. So watching in 3D may be a little bit of a different experience. All right, what's next? Al Rensha says, Jedi Master Ray is back. Hashtag the army of Ray. Ray is back. <laughs> Ray is back. Oh boy. <laughs> it's good to have Ray back. It really is. All right, what's next? Dominant Media says if Superman beats Black Adam, doesn't that kind of hurt the chances of him going against Shazam? Because we can't just call we can just call Superman if he comes back. Well, I mean, again, if we go back to one of the first things that Dwayne Johnson ever posted, there was a team up of Superman and Shazam fighting mm -hmm. Black Adam. So they could look at the end of the day, Superman's still Superman, right? Superman is still Superman. And he is the hierarchy of the D of the DCU. And I love the fact that when Dwayne Johnson was talking about Henry Cavill coming in, it's like Black Adam is the most unstoppable force on the planet, but Superman is the most unstoppable force in the universe. And, and, and I love that. But I think you're going to see a lot of uh, play with both Superman and Shazam in there too. So we'll see how they, what their long-term roadmap of this is. All right, what's next? Wayne Edwards says, happy hump day. Question, how is time measured in Star Wars? Every planet has a different time cycle, right? Is there a galactic standard that all planets adhere to? Am I overthinking? <laughs> there actually is. They, I oh. believe it was in the West End game, Star Wars role-playing game, that they actually introduced the measurements of time. They actually, the Star Wars, West End game, Star Wars D6-based role-playing game is actually the originator of a lot of things that are canon in Star Wars now including a lot of various ship types and names of a lot of things. And I believe they introduce a unit of time measurements. Some people might already be saying, I saw somebody in live chat say parsecs. Parsecs is not actually a, a unit in time, which was very confusing for a lot of people because, you know, when Han Solo is talking about how fast the Millennium Falcon is, he talks about doing the Kessel Run in terms of parsecs. But parsecs is actually a, distant, uh, a measurement of distance. So, but I think they did in the role-playing game. I just can't remember what it is. 
All right, what's next? Just like leagues. Everyone thinks 20,000 leagues under the sea is a depth. Not everybody, but it's leagues is a distance. All right, what's next? It's just like parsecs. It's a distance, not a depth. (laughs) Seconds from Disaster says, which dragon depictions do you like more? Smog, Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon, or Reign of Fire? Mine is Reign of Fire. Really underrated movie. Listen, think what you want about the Hobbit movies, and we all have certain thoughts about the Hobbit movies. Smaug was awesome. Mm -hmm. He was awesome. I, I, I got to go with Smaug. I, I, and it, it's, and yes, a part of that is because it also had sentience and he spoke. And of course, Benedict Cumberbatch did the voice of it. But yeah. that's part of it. That's part of the character. What made it mm-hmm. amazing. I, I, so I go with Smaug. What about I got to go back even further because the first time I saw a dragon that blew me away was in 1981's Dragon Slayer. And ILM mm-hmm. had done that and they had perfected their go motion technique that they had started working on with the Tauntauns and, and, um, empire that dragon was incredible it was incredible and it led to the dragons we've seen now but as far as modern because you didn't put that on your list mm-hmm. i would go with smile because also benedict cumberbatch's voice acting was awesome when we do the mocap uh section of my uh voiceover class i show all my students that and it's like every time it blows their minds of just like that that's acting that's yeah. what that oh, is yeah. his and, commitment to that oh it's and he so wasn't good. just going Right a microphone. No, it's oh, if you haven't watched it because they have all like his mocap footage online, do yourself a favor and go check it out because it is amazing. It's amazing. By the way, some people in live chat are saying Ghidorah. Ghidorah oh, is the, yeah, the Ghidorah. Nah, Smog would rip his three heads he's off. He's a three headed, yeah, and he's yeah. an alien. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the yeah. Alien, not too. He's not a fantasy dragon. Toothless, baby. I was going to say my answer is toothless. (laughs) You know, toothless is a, well, toothless is a puppy. Come on. I like toothless's wife. She's cute. (gasps) By the way, I like Ghidorah too. I love, you know, but he's kaiju. Or she. Charizard. And she'll grow up. (laughs) All right. Oh, (laughs) oh, no. Wow. What's next? Dialdar says, as punishment for not listening to John, Ray should watch Dragon Ball Evolution on repeat clockwork style. No. I don't know that Ray's ever seen. Uh, ever I seen. have. Have you? And I might have liked it. Just kidding. I don't oh, know. Ray. <laughs> no, 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 no. I have and I, yeah. No. And I might have liked it. I love the certainty. The certainty. All right. Yeah. What's next? Optimistic. Talk and Entertainment with Josie says Yellowstone season five premiere was devastating. My heart has never broken for Rip before. Tulsa King was great, but wish they showed the first two episodes because it was 30 to 35 and I kind of needed more. Um, so they debuted Tulsa King and the season premiere of Yellowstone in theaters uh, on Saturday. But I was at a hockey game, so I, I killed me that I couldn't go to it, but I only get a chance once a year to see the Toronto Maple Leafs play. So I was going to go watch them play this weekend. Um, But I can't wait. So I I don't know anything about the premiere. I cannot wait. Tulsa King is looking better and better and better to me. I really can't wait to see. And and the Paramount is putting a lot of confidence into that. They believe they've got a real winner on their hands. Bums me out though, to hear that the episode only 35 minutes. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, a regular TV show is 45 minutes. I mean, that's what, in the, like, like that was a, but still, I would like to, you know, I can't yeah. wait to see Tulsa King because Stallone looks like he's having a great time. <laughs> yeah. All right. What's next? Jacory Robertson says, just binged Andor episode one through nine. Didn't realize there were three more. I need it. Is, isn't it great to have something that's closer to a reasonable length of a season? Than these six, like you, that's the thing about these six episode seasons. Like you feel like you just started and all of a sudden you're talking about the season finale. And that, the thing about Andor, it's not quite as long as I'd love, but it feels like a full meal. 
Like those episodes feel like you really had something that. Well, they're averaging about an hour in length. I think this one, this, yeah, this one was a little, was a little, I think it was 50 something minutes, but I think the average has been close to an hour. Yeah. By the way, I finally got a wa- around to watching uh, Tales of the Jedi. Everybody told me to skip episode one you and I should have taken your advice. I just said you wouldn't like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I should have skipped it. It's not even uh, necessary. No, it's complete. And really it was unnecessary. It didn't need to be there. Uh, the episodes with Ahsoka, and this has nothing to do with the fact that traditionally it's it, that Ahsoka is not a really a character I dig, but really those were the kind of the most pointless episodes to me. The Dooku episodes yeah. were really int- like seeing Dooku with a young Qui-Gon and you see that, that journey that Dooku was on. Yep. But I will say this, here's the funny thing. While I thought those were really interesting, I ultimately felt unsatisfied with them. Because like they bring this cool, great concept. Let's go through this journey that Dooku's on. And it was 15 minutes long. And it's like, oh. And, and I feel like they tease all this great stuff, but they never, mm. they didn't do it in a format that really gave you time to really get into it. So while I thought what I saw was quite good, it oddly enough felt left me feeling kind of unsatisfied mm. in a way, even though it was some really, really interesting stuff, especially the Dooku stuff. Yeah, that's my favorite. Although I did like too. the final Ahsoka, uh, the one with the uh, uh, Bale. Yeah, yeah. That out of the, all the Ahsoka episodes, that was the best one. That was the best one to me. Uh, it reminded me of the Obi Wan moment in Rebels. Mm. Yeah, and they do some direct dialogue stuff with the, in there too. Yeah. With that. So, all right. What's next? Matt Sanders says that episode Andor was really good. Cyril is my favorite character, and the dialogue is great. By the, I, I could watch an entire episode of that dude and his mom oh. just talking because it's like, oh my God, it, it is mom. It's mom. Uh, like this is the conversation with him. I could watch an entire 45 minutes of them sitting at that damn kitchen table, just talking, sniping back and forth. I, I love it. I really do. But this is a twisted character. Yeah. Like I, this I, dude is a twisted. Where character. do you think he's going to wind up? I, honestly don't know I, he's so thirsty to be in the imperial like pro, mm-hmm. like process and then she's just like go away or you're gonna meet someone worse like yeah I mean, is, is he gonna wear her down again we shouldn't go into too many details just in case we reveal something but we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more but it totally fascinating character all right what's next fernando rodriguez says glad ray is back physical media for life yeah <laughs> it's funny before the show started today uh, Taylor and Rob were having this discussion about a DVD <laughs> disc that no, that no that they can't Blu-ray. find. Blu-ray, like oh, sorry, a physical, but a physical disc yeah. uh, that one of you has and you can't find it. Mm. And I and I came out of my office and like, if only there was a way, a technology, <laughs> if you will, that existed where you didn't have to have your media on some physical thing that can be so easily misplaced or go missing or get <laughs> lost. If only, but yes. I, I am not a physical media Sorry, guy, but I All love right. that Rob loves physical media so much. Mm-hmm. All right. What's next? Talk and entertainment with Josie says, chef pleasure is great to hear your voice again, Aww, bud. Yeah. yeah, it's good to have Ray back. Missed him while he was gone. All right. What's next? Matt Boyle says, hey, John. So Nickelback has a bad rap from their music <laughs> and they are a Canadian rock band. I enjoy listening to them. I need your opinion on them. Are they a good Canadian kid? Well, they are good Canadian kids. Yeah, Nickelback's <laughs> good Canadian kids. But it, it's 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 like it's like Avatar. Actually, Nickelback is a lot like Avatar. <laughs> Something gets really successful. And so every, it becomes the cool thing to hate on it. Look, 
Sometimes I pass it off like I'm some big Nickelback fan. I'm actually not. But they've got some big hits. They got some bangers. They got some really good. The problem is, like you took, I can't remember the name of their two biggest songs. But my buddy once took their two biggest songs, right? Mm-hmm. Probably the one with Never Make It As A Blind Man, whatever that one was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Photograph. Look at this. Might have, been, might, have been, might have been Photograph, might have been another one. Mm-hmm. And he put them, brought them into an audio editor, and he played them at the same time, one in the left ear and then one in the right ear. And they are the exact same songs. <laughs> Yes. Like everything from the build up to the bridge. Dun, dun, it's dun, bum, bum. Yeah. yeah. Everything was exactly yeah. the same song, it's just with rock. different lyrics. Don't, don't hate rock, on them. That's why people don't hate, hate on them. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe that's why people yeah. like them. It's like, say, if, no, if you want to hear a case for Nickelback, <laughs> look up Shane Torres's Nickelback bit. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's a really, really great comedy bit. But he, hey, listen, the fact of the matter is we're we're listing names of songs. The fact that everybody knows the exact songs we're talking about. Yep. Oh, I don't actually know. They the succeeded. Name. I can't name them. <laughs> Man, they made money. Give them, give them that. They yep. succeeded. Okay. All right. What's next? All right. Nickelodeon. Let's do this. Oh, Taylor Goodson with a $20 super chat says a common praise for House of the Dragon has been its smaller story and its cloak and dagger vibes. Thoughts on the show maintaining what fans loved about the first season going forward now that the war has begun in earnest? I mean,. I have seen a lot of people drawing a lot of distinctions between House of the Dragon and Game of Thrones. But the reality is when you look at House of the Dragon, almost all those elements, those narrative types, if you will, were also utilized in Game of Thrones. They're not as distinct as you might think. Now, yes, I did like the fact, one of the things I loved about House of the Dragon is that they kept the focus a little bit more narrow, right? So we really invested in this one group of characters and all the machinations that are going on with them. And of, of course, they split it off a little bit. Sometimes we're at, uh, it's not Dragon's Rock. I got Fraggle Rock. Dragonstone. The, Fraggle Dragonstone. Rock. Down to Dragon Rock. Fraggle, Fraggle, Fraggle Rock. Rock in this show now. Yeah, Come on. it's a big thing. So, uh, but they did keep a little bit of a focus. I think you can absolutely tell a world-spanning story while keeping your focus on one thing. A good example of that is The Godfather. Like you, the Godfather is about something that was sweeping America at the time about the whole idea about like everything that was going on with Congress and and the mobs and all that kind of stuff. But yet they always kept the, the camera pointed at the Corleone family. Right. So that's kind of been house of the dragons approach. And I think, so I think you can do both and I think they'll probably maintain that moving forward. I don't know. What do you think of no, I think you're right. I mean, I, I think that's part of the reason that the show is successful. Uh, other shows like Succession kind of do the same thing. You know, they keep the they keep the focus razor, crystal clear, laser focused, and uh, I like that. All right, was that it? Uh, you know, I think yeah, that was it. All right, guys, and that'll do it for today's installment of the John Campy Show. Thank you so much for being here and making this show part of your day. Big special thank you to all you guys who sent in those super chats, number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about. But number two, you supported this channel as you did it and all of us involved with the show. Thank you guys so very much for your support. Once again, don't forget to come on back for our Andor open spoiler discussion after show. That'll be at 3 p.m. Los Angeles time. That's 9 p.m. New York or 6 p.m. New York time, not 9 p.m. 6 p.m. New York time. Come on back and join us for that. All right, guys. For everybody in the room, Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett, 
the wonderful Chris Carr. We got Ray Ora back yeah. in his feet there today, sitting back there in the stalker chair. We got Taylor <laughs> Gonzalez, Jonathan Voico, and of course, Alu Moana. My name's John Camby, guys. Thanks for being here. And until next time, my friends, she'll get older. Uh. <laughs>